Well, welcome to another uh, podcast um, from called Just Me. Um, today we're joined by uh, Jan Cavell, who's an author, a writer, and a speaker. Um, and I would like to ask you, Jan, um, so who are you? Obviously, we know who you are. But what is it you do? Because you've had an amazing career. So please tell us. I've, I've had um, an extraordinary mix of a career, yes. Um, but currently, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm living my own personal dream, um, being a writer and also about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs, um, which is also so exciting. And I've got my first book coming out in April, which is called Scale for Success, and it's being published by Bloomsbury. And that's just a dream come true for me. That's so fantastic. So how did you get into, I mean, writing a book is one thing, but how did you get into the world of kind of entrepreneurialism? Well, that goes back a long, long while um, and stems from me being, um, you know, like, like many people you talk about and meet, I was, um, I felt I was a very odd one out as a, as a child and teenager, didn't fit in, um, didn't want to go the route of my contemporaries who were very much um, being educated and as, as I was supposed to be and brought up um, to make a, a very sort of upmarket marriage. Lots of them went to finishing school and it was that sort of strange, outdated era that I was in. And I hated it. I absolutely loathed it. Um, I'd been a sickly child and, and got my head into books back then and uh, read an awful lot of sort of rebellious literature, I guess, for, for a child from <laughs> of, of that background, you know, from Capture and the Rye to Huckleberry Finn to you name it. <laughs> so uh, I didn't go down very well with my contemporaries or most of my teachers, you know, challenging the status quo all the time. You know, so, so when it came to jobs, it was equally the same problem because uh, my friends went off to do a little bit of modelling or a little bit of cooking or, um, you know, secretarial. Um, well, secretarial mm. college for me lasted a week, I think. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. So, uh, and, and while I did try and double at secretarial courses because it, in the end, uh, not secretarial courses, secretarial jobs in the end because I went and got a speed writing course. Um, the whole file scene didn't really do it for me. And I just decided that working for myself, you know, allowed me the freedom to live my life. So I started um, being self-employed, doing anything that came my way. I mean, including, it must be said, in fairness, a bit of cooking, but I just done, hadn't done the posh cooking courses, so I had to be <laughs> <it. laughs> um, And flogging sandwiches around posh offices in Kensington. So I took in work, secretary, wine, selling wine I did for a while. Um, and just, you know, anything that kept me, oh, I did book research. Um, again, with my head in books, that was fun doing some researching, um, working with somebody else, doing some mm-hmm. researching illustrations for books. Um, that was sort of very, very, very much up my street. But anything that would keep me out of employment. Um, wow. You know, so uh, so that's where all the what started um, by doing that really, and it was just it was it was rebellion. Um, I was a very bad employee, <laughs> so um, which fantastic. was which was fine. Um, of course, still the moment came when I um, you know got married, had children, and ended up as a single mom um, and very very broke because I hadn't quite married the person I was expected to from that background 
Um, so I was on income support, you name it, um, and, and really struggling with these two. We were only sort of eight and five, if, if wow. that, I think at the time, maybe about seven and four. Um, you know, and I thought, well, what on earth am I going to do now? Particularly if, you know, to keep a roof over their heads. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't want to stay on income support forever. Um, so I thought, okay, I will go back um, to, to having a business of my own. And I'd, I'd done some a bit of furniture with my ex-husband. And, but I didn't really know anything about it. And I certainly wasn't a furniture designer. But I've but done a lot of sales, you know, because I was used mm. to nipping in, <laughs> selling sandwiches or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, I've got, if I can find something I can sell from home um, mm. and um, look after kids in, at the same time while, you know, they're literally there. And that, that can be a real challenge, you know, you have to really mm. wing it to look after children while you're selling, you know, and sort of, you know, up, I remember so often I'd be, you know, one of them would start screaming and you have to jam out your hand over the receiver and go, mm. I'm so sorry, I've got an important com- call coming in from the States and slam down the phone to go and look after whatever crisis. Um, but, um, but, you know, anyway, I, I had this small um, shelf under the stairs um, and a fax phone, and I started selling bits of furniture that were made locally. Wow. Um, in a similar way to I'd done with my ex. Um, wow. And slowly the thing took off um, through sheer, probably bloody mindedness again, um, excuse my French. But, um, you know, I needed to feed those children. So I, I was determined to make a go of it. And um, over a few years' time, it, it, I, it built up to be a manufacturing business in its own right and to a sort of multi-million pound mark which which really was outrageous from the background it came from so it's almost like the cupboard under the stairs story then isn't it it, was yeah yeah wow so the harry potter-esque and funnily enough your book is being published by bloomsbury so maybe that's (laughs) that that is where the link is that's fantastic. So, I mean, so what have you learned along the way? What What's kind of, what have been your key lessons to today? Most of all, I think I, I finally learned, and it's been a long process to be comfortable about who I am. Um, oh. You know, there's, uh, as I say, there was all that rebellion against the mm. sort of background um, I came from. And, uh, I mean, you know, even my voice said, I tell you, you know, when I first started selling, I was uh, I was taken on by, briefly by an employment agency and we were trained for phone selling and, and it was all played back to you. I heard this voice, you know, which was sort of rather deep and pretty posh coming back. And I, was like, I, I can't be that person. I cannot be that person. It's horrendous. Um, and, you know, it still does my head into this day. But, but, you know, that's part of who I am, um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I'm not trying to be anybody else at Long Ross. It's taken me a long time. That's amazing. And it's, it's, it's interesting. So, where, so go back to that because that rebellion kind of comes up a number of times. So where does that come from? Because that's, that's fascinating. What were you rebelling against? I mean, the lifestyle, the kind of life that you had? Lots of things, actually. I mean, I think, um, 
you know, partly I was rebelling against my mother because my family was fairly dysfunctional and she very much ruled on the um, conditional love sort of thing. So she would, um, you know, say, go to your room until you've agreed with whatever I say, you can't come out again. Wow. So I wouldn't come out again. Um, and that set in very early, which probably didn't endear me. But, you know, I wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to engage. Um, and then school, I didn't fit in because um, I'd been very sickly as a child and, and nearly hadn't majored and things. And so, so my parents sensibly sent me to a really sporting, sporty prep school to start off with, which only meant I was the only one who was ill in the slam and again didn't fit in. Um, and then this very posh senior school. Up, you know, where, as I say, they were off to finishing school and things, and, and I was, my head in my books, and, you know, I was mm. a huge fan of Martin Luther King and devastated, wow. you know, over that, wow. and, um, you know, all sorts of things, and campaigning, um, you know, uh, for equality and, and and stuff, and which talk about bucking the trend, you know, I mean, that mm. lot were all pro even not pal. And I couldn't stand it. I didn't. I didn't like it. It wasn't. It wasn't nice like the people in my books were. You know, it wasn't wow. fair to the human race. Wow, I love that key lesson that you said about you know being comfortable with who I am. I mean, that's such a huge thing, isn't it? And and I think it's something we we so underestimate, don't we? Of of what does it feel like to be Jan? What does it feel like to be Sid? And and really sort of understanding and getting to that. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. I mean, I think it's really the key to, if not happiness, certainly contentment. Mm. Um, Definitely. You know, yeah, really crucial. So, so what and who has helped you along the way? I mean, are there any kind of, I mean, you mentioned Martin Luther King there. And is, is there anyone kind of personally that sort of helped you, mentored you, coached you? Not really, on the whole, um, mostly because certainly in the early days, I didn't have any contacts. Um, and I was also left over from all that, albeit I was feisty and fighting. But um, equally, of course, underneath, I was really insecure. Sort of asking people's help was a fairly dangerous thing to do, you know, for, mm. for young me, because, you know, they would find out how fraudulent I was. I mean, I remember at a business awards deal, the first award I won came with six sessions of quite high-powered business coaching. And, you know, I looked this lady up and she had a, a first in Russian and something, some, and psychology, that's right, from Oxford. And, you know, I was just terrified and thought, you know, I can't, I can't talk to somebody like that. I can't relate to somebody like that. I haven't got the education. I don't know what I'm doing. She's probably going to take my award away. Wow. You know, and um, you know, so I was very resistant, and, it, and it, you know, learning made me feel worse about how much I didn't know for a long time. Wow. Um, wow. You know, it's again, it's in later years where I've got so excited about it. So, so I only went to to sort of business schools and things after I scaled the business up. Well, not business, wow. not business schools, but joined um, entrepreneurs clubs, and you know, actually went on courses of high flying entrepreneurs. But it was only when I got there. That's amazing. I can't stop smiling. I just love this story. And the thing is, so so would you say that in your early days, I mean, I, I get the sort of the, the young children and, and it's and it's that kind of desire to keep a roof over your head. So what else was there? I mean, obviously, I get that the need to survive. But was there something that kept driving you? What was the where was the fire in you? 
I just, I mean, I think, well, it, it did come from them. I mean, I was a very passionate, um, passionate mom. And they, they didn't, because it was a messy divorce and my family didn't behave very well, um, you know, they didn't have anybody else, quite literally. So, I mean, it, it was just down to me. Um, and, and again, you know, I'd, I'd had that childhood. I mean, while you could say it was, um, you know, my relationship with my mother uh, was, uh, and my, my resistance and resilience to, to her was mm. bad in, in some ways, but it was also good in some ways because it did, it did make me very much faced with an adversity to hell with that I'm going to keep going. Um, in many ways, I was happier with challenges than I was with success. But that can send you either way, can't it? Because, I mean, I, I love your kind of sense of, of, of survival and just sheer bloody mindedness. I think it's amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, for some people, it can completely devastate them, can't it? Yeah. And send them the other way. Absolutely. I mean, it was very, very touch and go. I stored it up. I had, um, you know, sort of mental wobbles and depression and things mm. much later on. But, but I had mm. to be successful and I had to see the kids all right first almost. I mean, that was the subconscious, of course. But I, I've I've heard that's quite common, sort of reading about it since. But you have a, a you know you just sort of allow yourself to let go when it's okay to let go. Yeah, it's interesting because you you look at um, post traumatic stress disorders, you know, and and a lot of people associate them with kind of military, you know, whatever. Mm. But actually, when you read into them, it's prevalence within all of us. Really, um, just depends on where that trauma starts and, and, and all the rest of it, gosh. Um, so what obstacles would you say have hindered and helped you along the way? Um, you know, as I say, my, my dysfunctional family and surviving that both hindered and helped, um, mm. you know, because they made me resilient and sort of determined to swim, albeit in a, a rather ungainly mm. manner. Um, <laughs> but... They, I mean, it obviously left me with a huge lack of self-love for a very long time. And wow. that may makes everything difficult in life, actually. Um, and I think, I mean, it made, it, it made being an entrepreneur very difficult um, because you, you have to have that confidence. And also you have to be able to take time to look after yourself. I mean, in the end, I burnt out totally because I didn't think of myself as, as a asset the company to to look after because it wasn't you know mm. that was that was selfish and and self-love was a desperately bad thing was how I'd reasoned by that time um mm. you know because it was outrageously selfish and you should always give to others but actually it was fatal because you know you can't really do things for others unless you look after yourself so yeah so it was a tough lesson, lesson to learn too so what keeps you going when things get tough? Because, I mean, they still get tough, don't they? I mean, you know, we all have our good days, bad days. No, I'm very, I mean, it, I still have my, <laughs> I probably will to my deathbed, have my my B-minded streak of I will keep going, you know, whatever. But yeah. um, I'm very, very lucky to have gone back to writing for a long time. I loved the business and um, I was very happy there. But in my latter years, it was sheer misery. I didn't want to be there and I, I was falling to bits and didn't know what to do about it. One of the things I did at that point was I applied to write for a digital magazine online called Real Business. Mm -hmm. And they started taking articles from me. Um, and that was that was my my wow. salvation in the latter years. Wow. It was my happy times of the week. 
Um, and I find now, um, you know, if I'm writing, I, I get into such a flow, you know, literally mm. for, for some stage of, that, you know, probably the house could burn down around me. I don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wonderful to find that. That, yeah, that it's solid lovely. in the writing. So what is it about the writing that you love? I mean, I, you mentioned flow and things, but what is it that, that it gives you? Ooh, um, challenge. I mean, you know, I'm also, you know, it's a constant when I think, you know, look back and see something I've done wrong or when somebody says I don't like that or whatever, you know, I'm devastated. Um, but, um, you know, it keeps me stimulated. It keeps me, it makes me feel alive stretches my mental state but it, it just feels the right thing to do um oh, for lovely. me oh lovely and what piece of advice would you if you could go back to your younger self now what what advice would you give yourself i would say don't look at other people are doing um wow. concentrate on what you're doing um because it's it's you you can't read other people anyway most of the time or, or know why they're doing what they're doing or whether they're genuinely what they appear to be doing on the surface or anything else and it's it's an absolute waste of time um you know you've got your life and you should be concentrating on that um and equally don't let your own insecurities stop you developing and learning and would you, you um, and is there any other advice that you'd give to others i mean that's beautiful i love that I mean, because it's, yeah, focus on yourself. But it's difficult, isn't it, not to keep looking around. And I think in this day and age, you know, with social media and all mm. of that kind of social mirroring, God, I mean, I would, I mean, I'm glad I'm in my 50s now and not in my kind of teens. Um, so would you give that same advice to kind of other people? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more important than ever now, um, mm. you know, because, because life's just too precious to waste. Um, you know, and, and on that basis, you know, you, I, I think my other piece of advice would be if something's not working for you, change it. You know, change is very scary. We put off change because, it, you know, it, it's better to keep going at something and, and it's just, it feels safer. But actually, it can be the wrong thing to do. Um, you know, change, change is not, not a bad thing. If something doesn't work, change it. Make most of your life. Wow. Wow. And, and what advice do you, would you give? I mean, I mean, your the book that's coming out is called Scale for Success. And, and is it I mean, is it full of advice for kind of entrepreneurs in terms of thinking and, and, and things to do? It, it is. Yeah. I mean, it takes it takes the readers from a sort of journey of, of all the different aspects. Hopefully, well, not all the different aspects because it's only one book, but um, it's a major, major aspects of um, growing a business um, from um, sort of sales and marketing, from getting your vision to, um, you know, um, financing to, you know, the, the, the sort of key, key parts. So, but somebody can either read the lot or, or pick it up if they're struggling on one particular bit. And I'm been joined by and and really I'm sort of collating um, fantastic stories and fantastic information of of um, from entrepreneurs. One I've got worked with one entrepreneur per topic as such. So there are oh, thirty wow. others involved, um, and they're just they're just amazing people. 
How brilliant is that? And 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 what would you say is the kind of key? I mean, I love your thing about you know things aren't working, kind of change it. But what is the what advice would you give to kind of somebody who's thinking about starting their own business? Maybe they're young, I don't know, like 13, 14. Do it. I mean, absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. Don't um, don't hesitate for a moment. Um, there's a, a great bloke, um, I don't know if you've come across him, said called um, Simon Payne um, yeah. of the Pop-Up Business School. Oh, um, yes. Yes. Yeah. I love his work, you know, because he, you know, he says... You know, if you've got one customer, you've got a business, Um, you know, and it's true. You know, Um, I think business has become over mystified. And, um, you know, that that old principle that I used of, you know, we'll get on with it, do a bit of of this and a bit of that and get an income going, you know, is is more important than ever, actually, at this moment in time, because it's, it's a form of recession proofing yourself. The more you can turn your head to doing different things, you know, the more, um, you know, you, you are safer and able to support yourself through whatever comes next. Mm, and there are more SME businesses in the UK than any other form of businesses, and they are the biggest contributor, aren't they, to our economy? Um, so what legacy would you like to leave behind? My son lives in Australia now, and um, a lot of what I do is is just for him to... to for for because uh, I want him to to be proud of me as a person. Um, oh, you know, so sloppy I know, but it it is not it, at all. Still, that's really lovely, and it, and and it's funny, isn't it? Because you you kind of look at the metrics of kind of successful businesses, and everyone sort of talks about money and kind of market share and growth and profit. And you know, I I can't think of many business people who must have gone to their deathbed kind of looking at their balance sheet they must have looked at their personal life and their family mustn't they because that's what we are isn't it that connection that's a lovely legacy Mm, definitely definitely you know and and i know he he takes um self-development very seriously um and i don't want him to remember me you know as you say for a figure on a balance sheet or you know uh, uh some sort of um tangible achievement um you know I, I want him to see that I've I've done done my best I guess oh that's really lovely that's so nice and if you could I mean I'm going to throw in an extra question here only because I find he's fascinating <laughs> is that what would you like to change about the world I know it's a big question but mm, yes um what would I like to change about the world well obviously um in this day and age I'd like to uh, I'd like that COVID to be getting under control. Um, I'd like the effects of social media to on people individually. Oh, goodness, I could talk about this one for ages. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like people to get the effects of social media under control so that people aren't racked by horrors every... Um, you know, I... I, I mean, I go back to the books of my childhood, and, and I, you know, probably all the things I want are, are way oversimplified and never going to happen. But you know, it's I'd, I'd love there to be peace and no wars, and you know, people to treat each other decently. Oh, it's just such a such a beautiful universal belief, isn't it? And I hope that too. You know, I share that with you, and and I. And it, it takes that little thing, isn't it? And I love that legacy of, of you saying, you know, being proud of who you are and 
you know you did your best and I love that and I think that's the thing isn't it I think if we all could be the best version of ourselves and do that every day yeah then I think the world would be a better place because we would be kinder I think to ourselves to start with but then that manifests itself in kindness to others doesn't it definitely definitely and and I didn't see the connection between the two for a long time but you're absolutely right Jan, brilliant. I always knew when we spoke a few weeks ago it was just going to be an awesome interview the podcast, and it has been. It's just been amazing. Honestly, I love your insight. I love your journey. I love your story, and thank you so much. My pleasure.